This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good evening, uh, Christian Family Church. How's everybody doing tonight? Excellent. Thank you for that wonderful feedback. <laughs> well, it's so good to be with you tonight, and thank you for coming out. And I really appreciate the fact that Apostle Theo and Pastor Bev entrust me with being able to share the word with you. It is a great honor, and, um, and I'm, I'm really blessed by the Lord to be able to do so. And especially in this wonderful series that we started a couple of weeks ago, talking about you asked for it. How many here have been in any of the services where we've been dealing with some of the questions? Remember that we said a survey had been done with more than 40,000 Christians saying what they want to know or topics that they're giving that they want to know what does the Bible have to say about these topics? And, um, and the number one thing that we, we saw that was uh, mentioned, 35% of, of the Christians said that they're stressed. And so we started off with a stress solution. And then we learned about forgiving people anyway, irrespective of what may have happened. Forgive them anyway. Even if you're right and they're wrong, forgive them anyway. We spoke about successful communication. And then last week, Pastor Greg uh, spoke on the topic of understanding spiritual warfare. How many of you, your eyes were open to spiritual warfare? And it really gave you a much clearer understanding of how serious it is, but how necessary and how unescapable spiritual warfare is. And so it's uh, my pleasure to come to you tonight with the fifth part of the seven-part series. And uh, we're going to be discussing a topic that really we are very familiar with here at Christian Family Church. But before we go any further, I think it is important to pray. I see people are looking at me like, whoa, this guy's not going to pray. I don't know if this is going to work. So let's pray. Father, we come before you this evening in the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that as we come together to learn about your word, that we realize once again that your, your word is alive and full of living power. Father, the seeds that are being sown tonight are seeds of life and that they're falling on hearts that have been prepared this evening. And those seeds will, will produce an amazing harvest. This is my prayer, Father, that even in years from now, we will remember certain things. In fact, you promised us that the Holy Spirit would remind us of things that Jesus had said. And so I thank you for fruitful lives, Father. I thank you that as we discuss the Holy Spirit tonight, that every bit of confusion will be removed and that people will be blessed and will continue to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. So I already gave you uh, what we're going to be dealing with tonight. And as I said, uh, um, in this church, we are so exposed to the Holy Spirit. And I thank Apostle Theo. And I thank God that Apostle Theo has never shied away from the Holy Spirit, as, as we see happening in many churches and traditional churches. Perhaps there are people here tonight that, that have come from a traditional background where the Holy Spirit really was suppressed, if I could say it like that. And if there were any questions that would come up, uh, there was easy deviation that would come in by the leaders and they would rather just focus on Jesus and, and God and, and try not to have to expand on something that they're not fully aware of themselves. But Apostle Theo has made it very clear that the Holy Spirit is a huge part of our Christian lives. How many of you would agree with that? It's so important and critical in our lives and not too long ago, he spent quite a lot of time dealing with the power of praying in the Holy Spirit. It was a, 
300-part series or something. It was a long series, but a necessary one, very important. And it taught us and reminded us the, the, the importance of praying and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say the key word there is power. That's the thing about Christianity is I think there are many Christians that walk around this earth and they don't quite understand the kind of power that is available to them. And so Apostle Theo has made that clear to us. And, and not long before that, he, he had a, a message where he, told, he taught us 10 uh, reasons why we want to pray in the Spirit. And especially now in these days and times that we find ourselves living in, uh, he has even uh, uh, pushed it even harder that we should be focusing on the Holy Spirit and, and praying in the Spirit and, and making the Holy Spirit a real part of our lives. And, and so I'm grateful. But perhaps you are here tonight, and I know there are many new people here at Christian Family Church, and you can relate to the scripture that I'm about to read in Acts chapter 19, verses 2, where Paul comes, he meets with some disciples in other words, people that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, people who've made that uh, decision and surrendered their lives, disciples of Jesus from the church of Ephesus. And, and Paul meets with them, and, he, and this is what he says in verse 2. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I'm talking about children of God here. And, uh, and their answer is quite astounding. They say, no, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Let alone, no, we're not sure. We heard something. They hadn't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And, and if we look at John chapter 3, verses 10 to 22, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, who came to question him. Now, Nicodemus was a, a religious leader of the time. He was a, a Pharisee. He was a learned man. He understood the Old Testament, and he asked some questions of Jesus, and, and Jesus explained. And then here in, in verse 10, Jesus says this to him. He says, you're a respected teacher of Israel, and you don't know these basics. Listen carefully. I'm speaking the sober truth to you. And then Jesus says, I speak only of what I know by experience. I'm not talking about things that I've read somewhere or someone told me on the by and by. He's saying to Nicodemus, I'm speaking only of what I know by experience. It's really happened in my life. I give witness only to what I've seen with my own eyes. In other words, he's saying it's factual. There is nothing secondhand here, no hearsay. Yet instead, he says, even though what I'm telling you is what I've experienced myself, he says, yet uh, instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit is suppressed, is that when people, uh, even though it's plainly explained, and let me tell you here tonight that the Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead. He is as much God as what God the Father is God and as what Jesus the Son is God. They are all in equal standing. They're exactly the same. But sometimes people, they don't want to face the evidence, but rather, uh, instead of accepting it, they want to procrastinate with questions. They, they don't want to go where they don't understand things, and so they will procrastinate and, and try and stay away from that. I remember as a youngster, I, I, I would really battle with fear, and, and even though I've been saved really all my life, the book of Revelations was one book that I would not read at night before I would go to bed. No way, no way. I steered clear of the book of Revelations, and a big part of it was because I didn't fully understand it. 
And so I just procrastinated and, and kept asking questions and going to Psalms. But the thing is, we question the unexplainable while missing the undeniable. And it is undeniable that the Spirit of God or Holy Spirit, sometimes people use the term Holy Ghost, is a part of the Trinity. And we need to understand that. And that's where I think many people perhaps grapple with that. And, and here's the thing is that we don't pursue what we don't understand. I think there is one exception to that rule in life, and that is women. Because men continue to pursue women, although we do not understand them. But putting that aside, I would say that just about everything else in life, if we don't understand it, we don't pursue it. Maths and I did not sit around the same fire when I was in school. I only took maths because I was forced to. It was one of those three subjects that you had to take. So I just endured it. I didn't enjoy it. I endured it. But the thing is, is that we don't pursue what we don't understand. And, and just think about last weekend when uh, Pastor Greg spoke about a spiritual warfare. Many people would never have pursued that if, because they'd never understood it. But how would they understand if no one teaches them? And, and the moment we're taught on that and we begin to have an understanding, it's far easier for us to accept that. It's just that understanding that sort of prohibits us from pursuing. And so my expectation for tonight is to give you a better understanding of what a life fully empowered by the Holy Spirit can look like. Now, you might say, Paul, I know about the Holy Spirit. I've been saved many years just like you, and I know about the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you that we never really arrive there's no point that we ever arrive. In fact, the only time you really arrive is when you depart. <laughs> Up until that point, you never really arrive. And so just a few weeks ago, I was in a place called Sudwana. We went there on holiday, and, and uh, we were on the beach 13 days in a row. This is a world record for me. And every day, uh, you know, the ocean is sort of like an animal on its own. It, it, it changes from day to day, right? Well, it changes within the same day. But anyhow, every day there were surfers that would come and, and surf. And it was great to watch these guys uh, uh, hit a couple of waves. I don't know if I'm hip enough uh, saying it that way or I don't know. But the point is that there were bodyboarders. There were uh, um, boogie boarders. There were helping. I'm being in a, you know, I'm in a tumble dryer. And then there were these surfers. And it was great to watch the surfers, but I tell you what, on one particular day, there was a guy that came out there, he was a kite surfer. And he stole the show. And the beauty about this kite surfer is that he had a kite attached, so your feet are attached to a surfboard, and you have these two toggles that you hold onto, and this massive chute, it's like a parachute, those kind of kites. Has anyone ever seen a kite surfer? And, and so this guy was just zooming up and down the ocean, irrespective of how wild and rough the seas were. The moment the wind caught into that canopy, he was on his way, and easily for an hour, this guy was going up and down. I mean, it was a big portion of ocean, and he was going far deeper than what the surfers were going. In fact, I didn't even realize there were surfers anymore. I apologize, Apostle Theo. But these guys were doing things that were just not possible if they did not have the wind blowing into that canopy, into that, uh, uh, um, into that parachute. 
they would, I mean, at one point they would launch up into the air at least 11, 15, 20, 600 feet up into the air. And then they would hover up there in the air and come back down and land on the ocean. And they were far deep into the ocean. And the beauty about these kite surfers is that, that it didn't matter which way the wave, which direction the wave was coming. You see, a surfer can only surf when the wave is coming in one particular direction. And then they fall off their board and they have to paddle and work real hard to get back out there. But this kite surfer was just zooming up and down. Whether the waves were coming in or whether the, 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 the tide was pulling out, either way, they were just as long as there was wind blowing into that canopy, these guys were supernatural. That's really all I have to say about it. They were amazing. I think I fell over a log or something at one point. Uh, I'm just watching these guys as we were walking to set up our, our tent and whatnot. But it was amazing to behold. And at one point, when, when I was in the ocean, I went in quite deep, and I'm talking Gauteng deep. So I was about, you know, this deep into the water. And, um, and I was fairly close to where this one kite surfer was going, and I saw him do this whole, you know, I'm um, going over the moon move. And he landed, but when he landed, he actually fell into the ocean. It wasn't like he had this crisp, perfectly... Uh, uh, landing and carried on. He actually fell into the ocean, but he was just holding on to these toggles. And within a second, he was back up because the wind was still in his, in his sail and his canopy had pulled him right out of what I would consider to be a huge problem. And he just carried on. There was no problem. If that were a surfer, he'd have to worry about getting back onto the board and so forth but not this kite surfing. So I want to say tonight that when we think about the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't want to think about a surfer. I don't want to think about a boogie board. I don't want to think about anything other than this kite surfer. All he had to do was hold on. That was it. And the wind is what took him, and he did things that were spectacular and certainly not within his ability naturally. Not within his ability naturally. And so the Holy Spirit, family of God, is a breath of wind in your marriage. He's a breath of wind in your job. He's a breath of wind in your mental space. He's a breath of wind in your family. He's a breath of wind in your decision making. He is a breath of wind in every area of our lives. And so we cannot go through life as Christians without having this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so tonight I believe that there are three groups of people here. They are the cautious, they are the curious, and the confident. And so let me just share with you a couple of things regarding these three groups, but everything that I have to say is for all of you. I want every one of us to take a step to further our relationship with the Holy Spirit because there is more, to, there is more for all of us. How many of you would agree with that? Amen. And that's what I love about Christian Family Church is that we never give you the opportunity to stagnate. We do not give you the opportunity to be complacent or to be content, but we are continuously encouraging you to take next steps, and we have the next steps for you to take. The place, uh, God does not desire for you just to be complacent. That's not His plan for your life. His plan for you is to desire to keep on moving. And so let me speak a little bit to those that would find themselves in the confident crowd. The people that already have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that have a good understanding of the Holy Spirit, that are praying in the Spirit and, 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 and you know, understand that the Spirit of God is a person. In Acts chapter 20, verses 22, it says, And now compelled by the Spirit, this is Paul speaking, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Two things that I want to draw out of the Scripture. Number one, he says he was compelled by the Holy Spirit. 
In other words, there was a drawing with inside of him. He had a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and it was a trustful relationship because he said he was compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, even though he didn't know what was going to happen when he got there. So it just shows you the kind of trust relationship that he had with the Holy Spirit. But that's the thing. When we have a relationship, if you have a confident relationship with the Holy Spirit, then there is a, uh, he is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit could compel you to do things. He talks to you for correction as well as direction. He will never um, condemn you. He will convict you. And thank God that he does that. But he will never condemn you. So if you're in that, if you can identify with that group that you're in the confident side that I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and Paul, you know what? I have even on many occasions in my life, I've wanted to decide to go in, in a certain direction and I've had this, this uh, uh, uneasiness inside of me knowing that this was not the right decision to make. And Paul, I've even recognized that it was the Holy Spirit talking to me. And so I went the other way and here I am today. And I, I believe if I went the wrong way that I would not be here today. So he speaks to us. What about those that in the confidence side might have said something to somebody or done something and afterwards there's a strong conviction that comes to say, listen, you shouldn't have done that. Go and make right with that person. That's what happens when you're in this sort of confident relationship. But there, you're aware of the fact that the Spirit of God is speaking to you. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So it is through this relationship with the Holy Spirit that we also receive the spiritual gifts that are given to us. If you do not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then you will never know what gifts have been given to you. In fact, gifts would not have been given to you. You need to have first had this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the purpose that He gives us this gift is so that they are given to others. It's never for our benefit. Say, so the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives me... Let's say that again. The gifts that the Holy Spirit gives me are not for my purpose, but they are for others. Now, of course, there is a sense of satisfaction that helps in our, you know, that happens in our own lives when we are operating in that gift. But I, but for the most part, let's go with that. Simple. For the most part, our gifts are given so that they can benefit and grow and encourage others. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, uh, no, I've already read that. So let me tell you something else. We need to stop hesitating. I'm talking to those that are confident. We need to stop hesitating and start operating. I find that many Christians are at that point where they have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but they're, they're, not, they're hesitating. They're not operating. They're not looking for where their gifts can be used. They're not, they're not putting their best foot forward or pursuing to make a difference. And that's what will happen when you use the gifts or allow the gifts that God has placed inside of you to flow. Another thing regarding uh, uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit and His gifts is that operating in the power of the Holy Spirit is a way to demonstrate to the world that Jesus has risen from the dead. I think we need to just think about that for a moment. When we operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it is a way in which we are testifying to the world that Jesus has risen from the dead. It's so important that we're operating in, in those gifts. Look at Ephesians 4, 8. It says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when Jesus ascended to the heights, 
He led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. You see, if Jesus never raised, rose from the dead, he would never have been able to give us gifts. So the fact that he did rise from the dead means that we, are, uh, that we were able to receive gifts. Listen, the Israelites in the Old Testament, they couldn't have that because the Holy Spirit did not dwell inside of them. And that was only possible because Jesus made it possible. So why would you want to keep that thing dormant? Why would you want to keep the gift suppressed when it is a way for you to testify that Jesus is alive without even having to say, hey, can I tell you something that Jesus is alive? People will begin to see this happening like the kite surfer. I knew there was something different about the kite surfer purely because what he was doing was not normal. So I want to encourage you to make a point of trusting God to allow the Holy Spirit to help you operate in these gifts. You have to trigger it. It has to be a decision from your side. So for those that have a confident relationship with the Lord, trust God to allow you, number one, to discover the gifts, and we give you that opportunity here as well at Christian Family Church. We have multiple ways in which you can discover your gifts. And then when you discover what they are, allow the Lord to, or trust God to give you opportunities to operate in those. To the cautious, I would say this, that he is a person and not a principle to learn. The Holy Spirit is described in the Bible and there are words that are given in the Bible to describe who Holy Spirit is and there are words like helper and comforter and counselor and advocate and friend. Not helping, comforting, counseling, advocating, He's not a verb. The Holy Spirit is a proper noun. He is a person. He is a person, and we have to begin to see him that way because if you do not begin to see him as a person, it's going to be very difficult for you to have a relationship with him. So for those that perhaps have been suppressing that and have been avoiding it because it's something that they don't understand, perhaps even this morning if you were here, it might have been a tad difficult for you to stick around. Because things started happening and it was a bit strange to you. I'm encouraging you, pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the first step in that is to acknowledge that He is a person. In John chapter 16, verses 17, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Jesus said it would be better when He leaves. It's to our advantage that He goes away. For if I do not go away, the Helper. Jesus never considered or called Himself our Helper. He declared the Holy Spirit to be the one that would be our Helper. How many of you need help in this world? That kite surfer, he needed help. He needed the wind. I'm telling you, no matter how cool that canopy was, it could have had the most uh, uh, psychedelic colors. It could have had the most incredible shape. It could have had the nicest cords. He could have had the best surfboard, the best body, the best rig or whatever that thing was that was going around him. But if there was no wind, all that he would be doing is sitting on his surfboard like a Gautinger on a bodyboard going nowhere. He needed that wind to be able to function, I want to say, supernaturally across those waters. 
John 14, 26, the friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request. Jesus calls him our friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He's the one that will bring things or bring revelation. He will help you see things clearly that initially, as maybe from a religious mindset, were very difficult to accept. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit that you can easily accept these supernatural things that are happening. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can pray in another language, in your heavenly language. It's only through the Holy Spirit. This is not something that can be manufactured. Listen, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, but we do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. We could not pray to the Father through the name of Jesus if it were not through the power of the Holy Spirit. So for those that find yourselves maybe in the cautious group and you're not really, really sure, can I give you a little uh, a challenge? I, actually, I don't want to call it a challenge. Let me just to say an encouragement. For the next week when you are praying, include the Holy Spirit in your prayers. When you're going to read your Bible tomorrow, before you open the word, why don't you pray like this and say, Holy Spirit, thank you for teaching me your word as I begin to read through it this morning. That might be a bit of a difficult prayer for some to pray. It might be a little bit strange. I don't pray like that. I pray to God to help me with these things. But begin to include the Holy Spirit. When you're going into that meeting, ask the Holy Spirit to give you uh, the ability or, or, or the... Um, Never mind, there was another word, but let's forget about that. Uh, the ability, the aptitude to understand everything that is going to be explained in the meeting. If you're busy with, uh, you know, trying to figure out a report or what have you, why not lean on the Holy Spirit and ask Him to guide you, to show you the answer. If there's a decision you need to make, say, Holy Spirit, I thank you for helping me to make the right decision. I'm telling you that the more you begin to include Him in your prayer life, the more He's going to become a person to you as opposed to a principle. And now, to the curious, for those that are possibly in the curious department, or maybe in the curious section, the first thing I want to say to you is that you need to discover the life-giving presence of the Holy Spirit. There is a life-giving presence that He and only He can give. And we need to discover this life-giving giving presence. Until that happens, many things that you want experience here at Christian Family Church will seem strange to you. But when you have received the power of the Holy Spirit, they will seem normal to you. Because really, at the end of the day, they are quite normal to the child of God, who is filled with the power of of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God the Father. How many of you are grateful for the amazing grace of the extravagant master, Jesus Christ? Come on, let me, let me hear you give him a thank you praise right now as you just say, thank you, Lord, I'm so grateful. And to the Father with his wonderful love. How many of you are so grateful that the Father God had such love that he would send his son? I thank you, Father, for your wonderful love. But the Bible says he talks about the Holy Spirit. And then when he refers to the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Lord says the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. You want to be intimate with God? You need the Holy Spirit in order to, in order to have an intimate relationship with the Father God. We need an experience, not just an explanation. You need to have that experience. You might say to me, Paul, how do I have this experience with the Holy Spirit? Well, it is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
That's how that experience comes. That's how you receive this infilling of the Holy Spirit to begin to see the wind blow into that sail, into that canopy, into that, into that parachute and begin to take you places where you could never have imagined yourself to go. And it's not only about taking you places, it's about the ease of how you get there. There's no concern, even if you were to bail, he'll pull you right up and carry on. See that surfer bail? Oh, near man. He's got to first find his surfboard and hope it's attached to an ankle or an arm and, and then get back on it. It just isn't the same thing. You might say, but why is this a separate experience from salvation, Paul? Why didn't this just all happen at the point of salvation? I believe that God made it a separate experience so that we wouldn't get confused as to what baptism is required in order for you to go to heaven. Because right now, what I'm discussing with you tonight is not a heaven or hell thing. This is a power on earth thing. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are going to heaven. But you need to understand that there is more for you in this world. God desires for you to operate at a higher level than just, I've given my life to Jesus. I believe that he's the son of God and I know that I'm going to heaven. He's saying, yo, there's so much more for you. I need you scooting up and down this ocean, but it's rough. Don't worry about that. As long as my wind is blowing in your cell, no wave is a problem for you. You're just scooting back and forth all the time. Just hold on and enjoy the ride. That's what the word is saying. So look at what it says here in 1 John 5, 7 concerning the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says in 1 John 5, 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. They are the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And it says, and these three are one. So they are one. You don't have to be concerned anymore about the Holy Spirit being supernatural and you don't understand it. So they are one. If you believe in the Father, you believe in Jesus, you believe in the Holy Spirit. And the very next verse, verse 8 says this, and there are three that bear witness on earth. So from heaven, we understand the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are bearing witness from there. But things also here on the earth, there is a presence by them. And it says, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. You might say, well, what's this referring to in the second verse? It's talking about three different baptisms. The first one is the baptism of the blood. And what that really is, is when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We can say it another way. It's being baptized into Christ Jesus. Because it's only by the blood of Jesus that we are able to be, receive Him as our Lord and Savior. So when that happens, when you gave your life to Jesus, when you surrendered your life to Jesus, we could call that the baptism of the blood. You were fully immersed in the blood of Jesus. And then it talks about the water. What's that all about? Well, there are a lot of spiritual significances around water baptism, and we teach on that extensively in Christian growth and on Bible college. But all that I want to tell you about being, or water baptism, this, the, the, the conclusion around it, or in a nutshell, or shall we say in a swimming pool, uh, water baptism is simply you making a declaration to the world to say, you know what? I want the world to know that I have chosen Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that the old me has died and thus I bury that person in the waters of baptism and I rise uh, to declare to the world that there has been an inward transformation in my life and that it's no longer I who live but Christ that lives in me. That's what water baptism is all about. 
And then there's the spirit. That was the third one that was spoken about in verse 8. And that's talking about receiving the power of God. Say this, to be baptized in the spirit is to receive the power of God. How many want the wind in their, in their chute? How many want to be that, that uh, uh, what did I call him, a, a parachute surfer, kite surfer? Thank you. A kite surfer. How many of you want that wind to be continuously blowing into your canopy? You need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The second thing is that we need to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't just send him as our friend and our helper so that there could be someone if ever we think about him. We need to continuously depend on the Holy Spirit. And you might say to me, why do I need to depend on the Holy Spirit when I already have salvation? Well, Jesus said in John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That, that uh, conviction that I spoke about earlier on and the compulsion or the compulsion that Paul spoke about, when that happens, that is the Spirit of God guiding us into all truth. The moment we want to go in the wrong direction, unless you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, unless you have received the power of God, you're not going to be able to recognize when He is trying to direct you and trying to possibly save your life or your family's life or improve your life. Even when in your mind, it, it's, this is the, it, it can never work if I go that way. So we need to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And it goes on to say, he will tell you about the future. Talk about the kind of direction we need from the Lord where he can even tell us what would happen in the future. He may not say to you, Paul, in three months' time, this and that is going to happen. He could, die. he could tell us about the future by helping us to make the right decision today. That's a way in which he could show us the future. Why else do I need to depend on the Holy Spirit? And I'm bringing this airplane down to land. Sorry, I'm bringing this, para, this paraglider down to, to land. I thought when I received, I'm talking about depending on the Holy Spirit to help overcome sin. I thought that when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that every one of my sins were forgiven. Now you've got me telling me that I need to depend on the Holy Spirit to overcome sin. I don't quite understand. Well, yes, in fact, when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your sins were forgiven. But when that happened, I don't know if you realize, but you're still here on the earth as a human. And the devil is still out there trying to kill, steal, and destroy from you. He's still trying to confuse you. He's still trying to trip you up. He's still trying to tempt you. He still attacks your mind. He still accuses you and tries to trap you. Sin still happens. And so we have to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the possibility of us falling into sin. And He can do that. I want to close with this wonderful quote by Pastor Chris Hodges. What a wonderful quote concerning the Holy Spirit and everything that I've said here tonight. Pastor Chris Hodges says this, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. How many of you wanna be better than you? You wanna be a better version of the, than who you are? This guy that was kite surfing, I think at one point he was a surfer, but he wanted to be better than that. And then he got into kite surfing, I'm sure. 
And he was doing things. He was just a better version of himself. If I could just keep referring back to that wonderful illustration because I just keep seeing it in my mind. Receiving the power of the Holy Spirit will cause God to allow you to be better than you because you begin to operate in the power of God, which is something you cannot do. You cannot manufacture it. You cannot replicate it. It only comes one way. So what do I do next, Paul? Well, to the confident, I want to say to you, start operating and stop procrastinating. Start operating. Pray more in the Holy Spirit. Apostle Theo keeps uh, uh, encouraging us to do that. Get involved and allow the gifts that God has placed inside of you to benefit those that need it. Get involved here at Christian Family Church. Start to make a difference. Allow those gifts to operate in your life. Listen, if you keep docked talking about the sea so much, a ship that remains docked in the harbor cannot be steered. Even the Titanic could not be steered while it was docked in the harbor. But the moment it started to move, only then are you able to steer it where you want it to go. So unless you're taking that step, we keep talking about these next steps, unless you're taking that step, it's going to be very difficult for God to direct you. I didn't start where I am today. Pastor Johnny didn't start where he is today. Pastor Johnny didn't start where he is today. We started in a different place in our Christian walk. But because we started and we began to walk, God began to direct us in whichever way it was that He wanted. And He began to reveal gifts inside of our lives. And I'm sure there are many that can tell the same story here tonight. And to the cautious, let me remind you, include and introduce or include the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. Acknowledge Him when you pray. Do that for the next week. And He will become more of a person to you. And to the curious, this is a journey. Christianity is a journey. The first step is to know God. Then we find freedom. We discover purpose and we make a difference. And so there might be people here that are in the curious category. And you're thinking, wow, this whole kite surfing deal sounds awesome. And I'd love to scoot over the oceans of life the same way that this guy uh, that you've been explaining did. And, and even if I bail, I know that there's always gonna be the, the Spirit of God that pulls me out and I just carry on to enjoy the ride. He never got out crying, he just carried on. It just looked like he never fell. You might say to me, Paul, but you know, I, I, don't, have, I don't have a surfboard, I don't even have a bodyboard. I'm in the ocean by myself and it feels like I'm really battling to keep my head above water. In fact, it feels like I'm being sucked down below and I need help. And so we're gonna throw you a lifeline tonight and that lifeline is Jesus Christ. And so there are two things that I wanna do as I bring the service to a close, is I want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior tonight, to take that first step and know God. And then after that, I'm going to invite, uh, you know, the band's gonna come up and we're gonna just worship, just a, a one worship song. And, and then I'm gonna invite whoever wants to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, whoever wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if that's never happened to you, I wanna invite you to the front and the pastors will be here in the front and they will facilitate that process and just lay hands on you and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the power of God. But right now, I wanna ask that every head is bowed and every eye is closed, please. I've spoken a lot tonight about God and I've focused mostly on Holy Spirit, but the truth is that we can never receive the Holy Spirit until we acknowledge that Jesus died for us. That's the very first step. So if you're here tonight, I'm talking to you. 
If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I wanna pray with you tonight. You know how simple God made it. it was, it's not even a complicated thing. He said that whoever confesses Jesus as Lord and believes in his heart that God raised him from the dead will be saved. That's all it takes. God never wanted your works. He doesn't want anything from you just to believe what he has done for you. And so if you're sitting here tonight and you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, at the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. And if you're here tonight, and you're not sure about where you're gonna spend eternity. If someone had to ask you, and let that someone be me. If you should die tonight, do you know where you'll spend eternity? If you cannot clearly and immediately say to me, yes, I will be in heaven. If you can't do that, then folks, you need to be involved in this prayer. You need to be included in this prayer. So I want you to raise your hand also. And thirdly, if you're sitting here tonight, and you say to me, Paul, there was a time when I could sky a kite surf. There was a time when that was happening in my life, but something happened and I know that I drifted away from God. My relationship is not where it used to be. And I know that I need to make right with God right now. I want to include you in that prayer as well. So at the count of three, if you're in any one of those three categories, please raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Do not let yourself leave this building. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for those hands. God bless you, sir. Please keep your hand raised. If you've raised your hand, thank you, sir. Don't leave this building not being sure about your eternal salvation. If there's anyone else, you can raise your hand right now. We're looking for your hand because I'm gonna ask a leader of this church to come and place their hand on your shoulder. It's not a requirement in the Bible for you to raise your hand, but it is an easy way for you to show God, hey, listen, I'm in business, Lord. I want to surrender my life to you. If there's anyone else, you can raise your hand right now. I'm about to pray. And so I wanna lead you in a simple prayer. I'm gonna ask everybody to pray this prayer together with me. Those at home, uh, uh, you can just raise your hand on the couch. And, and if you're in a, uh, one of the other venues, you can raise your hand. We have leaders there. But be sure, if there's one thing you need to be sure of in life, it's where am I gonna spend eternity? And so we're gonna, we're gonna all pray this prayer right now. So I'm gonna lead you in this prayer. And those of you that have raised your hands especially, just listen to the words that you're saying. You're committing your life to the Lord right now. So let's all pray this together. Let's say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for me so that I do not have to be punished for my wrongs. I recognize that I need a Savior. And tonight, I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. You are the Son of God. Yes, you did die, but God raised you from the dead on the third day. And I declare that tonight. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. Well, I think we need to give them a great round of applause. That's what heaven's doing right now. Congratulations to every one of you. And so I would like to just ask those of you that uh, uh, gave your hearts to the Lord right now, would you mind just going with the person that prayed with you to our prayer room? Just for a few moments, please, there's some next steps that we need to give you. This is a mighty decision that you've made. And so we don't wanna leave you not knowing what to do next. So please, if you could go, we're giving you another great round of applause because we are really, really proud of you. Welcome to the family of God, by the way. Look forward to that kite surfing. Talking about kite surfing. I wanna invite the band, you guys can come up and, and, and 
um, I want to ask that the congregation stands and, and with the, the worship team is just going to take us into song of worship. And for those of you that are confident in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, just worship the Lord. You can worship in the, in, Him in the Spirit. We're just inviting the Spirit into this place right now. Precious Holy Spirit. And those that, that say to me, Paul, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to receive this power of God. I, I've been a Christian 10 years. I didn't even know that there was this. I want to receive this power of God. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you as we begin to worship to come to the front. So uh, the worship team's going to lead us. And, and then you can come to the front while our leaders come to the front as well. And they're just going to lay hands on you and you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, guys. You can take it from here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of you are glad that you came to church tonight? How many of you are glad that God has made His power available to us? through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so I encourage you, pray more and more frequently in the Holy Spirit. You know when you're praying in your heavenly language, that's power. Just by doing that, you are operating in the power of God. Just to pray in your room, in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're operating in the power of God. The wind is blowing in your sails and great things are happening. Um, so praise God. Thank you so much for for coming through tonight. Father, thank you for being here with us. And I wanna just, uh, just remind our very special guests, if you're here for the first time tonight, please don't forget to go past our Connection Center where we're gonna give you a slicky and a dricky. We've got a cup of coffee there waiting for you and a team just to greet you and, and meet you in person. Allow us the opportunity and the privilege of meeting you in person. And then I wanna just pray a prayer of benediction over you right now. My neighbor used to like a guy named Ben and she had a bit of a benediction, but, but this is a different type of benediction. So let me just pray over you. Father, I bring every single one of your children before your throne of grace this evening. I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon them. Thank you, Lord, for those that have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit tonight, that have been filled with your power, Father. Thank you that they begin to discover the gifts that you've placed inside of them. Thank you, Father, for those that have a, a good relationship with you, that are confident in their relationship with the Holy Spirit, that they would begin to operate in their gifts, that they would begin to take next steps where they discover more and more gifts and, and, and begin to, to go on the journey and start making a difference here at Christian Family Church and, and allow those gifts to fulfill the plan that you had for them, which is to benefit others. I thank you for your angels that encamp around about and protect us wherever we go. Thank you for being those people online and in all of the other venues. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise, honor, and glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.